car repair, the nightmare of the Western world. You don't know the difference between the catalytic converter and the powertrain, the carburetor and the camshaft. You've been ripped off endlessly by unscrupulous mechanics who've charged hundreds or thousands of dollars. You're sick of feeling like a complete idiot, and you just don't want to take it or pay for it anymore. Well, your life's about to change. Meet Pam Oaks, ASE certified and top-notch auto technician host, shop owner, and author of Car Care for the Clueless, or how to make money while maintaining a vehicle. She'll answer your questions and teach you how to talk car talk. Get under the hood right now with Pam. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode. This is week four of our series of five of email questions and we have our gadget guru back, Peter Sudak, to help me answer the questions. This week we're going to be talking about your vehicle's air conditioning system. And I know, you know, we've recently had snow in the northeast and in parts of the west, but summer is just around the corner, even though we had that little uh, freak blizzard. And we need to be prepared and we need to know how our AC system functions, not how to fix it, but how it functions and knowing this little tidbit is going to help you help you maintain your car because you're going to be an informed, savvy car care consumer. That's our job, and we're here to help. And speaking of help, we want to thank our sponsors. First of all, Jasper Engines and Transmissions, 100% associate-owned. If you're in need of an engine or a transmission, ask for Jasper by name. I put them in my customers' cars and have been doing this for decades. I really like the quality product that they produce. It has a three or 100,000 mile warranty. And you know what? If you want to get rid of the car after, that warranty is transferable. And you know, speaking about getting rid of the car, it's actually cheaper to replace an engine or a transmission at this point in time. We know how expensive the used cars are nowadays. That's gonna be the key. Fix the car, keep what you have, and when you're in a better financial position, then you sell a car. Of course, we have Continental Tires. Continental Tires, when you need sneakers on your car. Remember, we're getting those snow tires off our car. We're looking for some new tires for our vehicle, our car or truck. Ask for Continental. I have them on my personal vehicle. As a matter of fact, I just put another set of sneakers on the shop truck. And of course, what did I put on there? Continental. My mom's got them on her car. And let me tell you, if mom's not happy, nobody's happy, and she loves her Continental tires. Good quality product, and I highly recommend them, and I recommend them to my customers, and I put them on my customers' cars. And last but not least, AC Delco, AC Delco parts. Again, I've been putting AC Delco parts in my customers' vehicles for decades. It's a high-quality part. I know when I install it, I'm not going to have a problem. As a matter of fact, it doesn't matter if you have a GM product or not. They make products for all makes and models. And I have AC Delco parts, actually, and my great-grandfather's 69 Plymouth. So, ask for AC Delco. You won't be disappointed. High-quality product, and you're not going to have to repeat that repair. So, ask for AC Delco by name as well. Thank you, sponsors. So let's go on here, and we're going to talk to Peter. How you doing, Peter? Hey, Pam. Thanks for having me back again. Well, thank you. We're on our fourth of five email questions. Okay. And this one's going to be from Dave. Dave's from Michigan, and well, it's pretty cold up there right now. Yeah, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
And Dave asks, Dear Pam, my air conditioning worked last fall, but now it's not. Why? Well, you know, Dave, it's kind of hard to diagnose a car when you're far away. You can even be down the street and try to diagnose it without seeing it, but you can't do it successfully. So you're going to have to go to your ASE Blue Seal shop or your dealership and have your ASE certified technician take a look at it. But we're here to help you today understand how your AC system works in your car. And by doing so, it's going to save you money because you're actually going to be able to have a conversation between the ASC certified technician and yourself so you can understand what's going on with your car. And that's going to save you money, isn't it, Peter? That's correct. Yeah, if you don't understand what's going on, they can just send you to the ringer. Always ask questions regarding whether it's AC or anything else. Always ask. That's right. And you know, always ask for a second opinion, too. If yeah, we've, you know, your we've shop has done that. that. Yeah. We've seen a lot of that. And unfortunately, what Peter is talking about, it only takes one to give the rest of the industry a bad name. And unfortunately, if you happen to choose that one bad apple in the bunch, we want you to be armed. And plus, you know, just knowing in general is always a good idea. Knowledge yeah. is power. That's absolutely right. Power keeps money in your wallet. Yes, that too. <laughs> so let's... <laughs> uh, Let's just start with the different components in an AC system. You know, I've heard all these stories and people will come and say, I had my AC completely replaced last fall and, you know, now it doesn't work. And you find out that they've only had one little component, one of many, that completes the AC system in a car. And uh, first we're going to start with the compressor. Everybody's heard of an AC compressor. Yeah. And the AC compressor actually pumps the freon that's still the same word as freon even though they changed the chemistry to it to make it more environmentally friendly it is still called freon the same company still owns the patent that had the old freon yeah and taking this freon it pumps it and it pumps it and it builds up pressure and this pressure goes from the compressor which is a kind of like a little mini engine inside isn't it peter yeah, because I've, I've seen one opened up, and you spin it by hand, and it, it looks like it's got little pistons in there, yeah. just, like a, just like an engine would. It's a pretty neat little setup how they do that. It's it is, pretty isn't neat. it? Yeah, yeah, and it builds the pressure up of the uh, Freon. Right, it's it's driven off the uh, the main drive belt when yes. you got the AC on, so that's the main component that's exposed outside. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's what, gets her, that's what gets it going, and it falls off to... The, the other components. Exactly. And, and it travels from the compressor through an AC hose, a specially made hose, a high-pressure hose, and it goes into this thing called a condenser. And people have seen the condenser on their car and really didn't know that's what it was. They probably thought it was part of the radiator, which is keeps your engine cool. But the condenser on the front is actually in front of the radiator. Right, and it operates basically the same principle. It takes the driven air from driving. It comes the freon comes into the condenser, and it's really hot when it's hot. Yeah. Yes, that that freon's hot because of the pressure. Right, and then the air coming through it while you're driving uh, helps cool it down, like it does the radiator. Same same type of setup. Mm-hmm. 
And when you're at idle or, you know, in traffic and whatnot, that's why you have those electric fans in there. That's right. And that's what keeps the airflow going across the thing. Otherwise, the pressure builds up too much. The AC shuts off by a switch, mm-hmm. and then it won't work anymore. Exactly. So those fans got to be working as well, too. You know, and a lot of people have experienced that while they're driving, their AC is working just fine, and they're sitting at a stoplight, and it gets warm. Yeah, well, I've a, not a few people have done that, and first thing that I think of is the cooling fans that's went right, out. The electric cooling fan, either a relay or a fuse. Yeah, that has popped, or the fan motor itself. But um, yeah, that's very true. And you know, after it gets cooled down to a point and relieves some of that pressure, remember on this section of the AC system. That Freon at that point's around 225 to 250 PSI. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, that's quite a bit. Yeah. So then the newer models, we'll go off the newer models, they actually have this thing called a dryer. And actually you can think of it as a dryer or accumulator receiver dryer. They uh, now have them manufactured within the condenser itself. On the older vehicles, they're separate, but in the newer cars, they're actually manufactured into the condenser itself. Yeah, we've seen a couple of those mm-hmm. already. Yeah, they're not separate anymore. It's all, no. all joined together. That's because if the compressor fails, they want you to replace that condenser. This dryer, it actually has this thing in there called a desiccant bag. And you can remember a plum chalk. You've seen plum chalk when people have been doing uh, woodwork or whatever, and they want to make sure they have a straight line. Yeah, in construction, the, yeah. Yeah, in construction. And they take that rope, and they mix it in that purple chalk, and then they pluck the chalk, and they have mm-hmm. a straight line. Well, that's what that looks like, actually, that uh, duskant bag. Hmm. And it absorbs moisture and, you know, dirt and particles and everything. kind of operates... Well, close to the same principle as your lint catcher in your dryer. It's going to trap all the debris and everything. Little particles that get in there, too. It's got to have somewhere to get trapped in there because otherwise the AC doesn't operate as efficiently as as it should. Yeah. Well, you get those particles in that compressor with those little pistons going. You're going to have a problem. It's going to take it out. Yeah. So that's what the dryer does. Attaching this dryer by another specially made AC hose... It's going to go to the evaporator core, and everybody's heard that. Actually, you've seen the result of the evaporator core working because in the summertime, you've seen water, clear, cold water underneath your car. That's the condensation from the evaporator. And basically, think of an evaporator as ice cube with a fan in front of it. That's right. Okay, and so you want cool air, and remember way, way back when your grandparents and great-grandparents, and they didn't have AC, and they'd have that fan and they'd have that block of ice in front of it to keep them cool. Your evaporator core, that's what it does. This Freon at this point is going through there and it is quite frigid. And you have fan controls, you know, low, medium, high on your dash. And that fan blows air through that evaporator core, which looks like a little mini radiator itself, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, I was it? just going to say, it's another little mini <laughs> radiator does, in there, it? yeah. It's tiny like that, and it's very porous, so yeah, it's a little mini radiator. So, you know, after it goes from the evaporator core through yet another specially made AC hose, it flows right back into the compressor again, and the so process starts, starts all, all over again. Starts all over again, just, gets, just keeps going around and around through its little stages, and finally... 
you get cold air in the car. That's but right. I've heard from you that some customers, when it's hot outside and the car's been, you know, with the windows up mm-hmm. for a while and they turn the AC on and they think their AC isn't working properly and maybe that's one point we should mention to them that when the car gets hot, you know, it's 140, 150 degrees in there. Good the, point. The AC is not going to cool the car immediately. No. Because basically, it, you're getting the cold air coming through the evaporator core, but it's circulating 150 degree air. It's mm-hmm. going to take a few minutes for it to cool itself down. And then you start circulating the air, and then it gets cooler, circulated again, it gets colder again, and eventually the car will get cold. But it's not going to turn... Like sticking your head in the freezer right off the bat. It will no. not do that. People exactly. need to understand that. That You know, that's a very good point. And, you know, like I say, it's always easier to cool down 90, 95 degree air right. than it is the 140, 150 degree air that's trapped in your car while it's out in the parking lot. Yep. So put those windows down, get that nasty 140, 150 degree air out, and... Um, yeah, and also keep keep it on recirculation. That recycles the air inside the car, which will yes. make cool it down quicker. Because if, if it's 90 degrees outside, you're pulling 90 degree air across that evaporator core, and it will not operate as efficiently no, as that- it should either. So that's another point they need to understand. Keep it on recirculation, and if the car's boiling hot from sitting in the sun all day, you got to give it time to get the car cool it's going to take a few minutes it won't just come right away so those those are two points i thought that they would need to understand so they don't think their ac is faulty and then go spend money when they don't need to exactly you know that those are good points and if you're just tuning in welcome to car care for the clueless i'm your host pam oaks and today we're talking with our gadget guru peter sudak we're an email question of the week number four and we're filling Dave in and explaining to him how the AC works in layman's terms. Let's get back to the show. Peter just made a couple of good points, and that's going to actually segue us into the electrical portion of your air conditioning system. We are talking about the dash, and on the buttons on the dash, there's a recirculation button, or you'll see a little car with a, a U and an arrow in the car. That's the recirculation button. Right. The other thing is that some of them just say max, M-A-X, and norm. The two guys on the dash. <laughs> max and max norm. Max and norm, and we're not talking about norm from Cheers. No, no. we're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. So, um, you know, having them on max and having it on the recirculation, this has nothing to do with fuel economy. This actually has everything to do with the blend air doors. We're going to introduce you to a new term, blend air doors. And think of the heater and the evaporator, the AC evaporator core, and the outside air. They all have their little bedrooms. And each bedroom has a door. That's right. And each door goes into each other's bedrooms as well. So this is how you can mix and match the temperature that you want. If you only want it at 75 degrees, it's going to bring a little outside air in or maybe a little heater air. 
Right. Or if you want it on 90, it's going to close the bedroom doors, the outside air, the vent, and the AC evaporator, and it's just going to allow heat. Right. And if you want it 60 below, it's going to close the outside vent, and it's going to close the heater core and that bedroom door, and it's going to open the bedroom door for the AC evap. Right, and for the recirculation. Right. That's right. So all it is, the recirculation and the max or norm or the fresh air is just basically opening up little doors underneath your dash. Yeah, just a little electric, letter, little electric motors that do that when mm. you just depending on what you turn on the controls to do. And for you older drivers, you used to be able to hear the opening and closing of the door when you would go from heat to cold. You could actually hear the door go thunk, thunk, if you moved it back and forth real quick. And uh, that was one of the bedroom doors opening and shutting. You were actually doing that manually with the cable. But now it's all, like you said, by electric door. So we want you to definitely use the proper setting when needed. And don't worry about fuel economy. In fact, you know, a misnomer is that the AC being out of the cars is going to cause more parasitic drain and it's going to diminish your fuel economy. Well, that may have been true 20 years ago, but on today's vehicles, it is not. It's because how they have the AC system set up, the advanced designs of the AC compressors, you're not going to have this issue. So please use the AC. As a matter of fact, by using the AC, they have proven you're using more gasoline with those windows down with the 255 air. You've heard of that before, haven't you, Peter? Yep, two, two windows <laughs> open at 55 miles an hour. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you're actually using more gas on paper than you will be by using your AC system. So please don't stop using your AC system. Another thing, too, is on that control head, you know, you have options for passenger air, temp and driver air temp on some models use those by all means and they really do work and all it is is there's just more bedroom doors more options underneath that dash and it's allowing more heat or more air to go to whatever passengers requesting it yeah instead of having just one temperature fit the whole car and you know having everybody have to suck it up basically if it's too cold and somebody's too warm it's it's nice that the passenger can adjust it a little colder than if the driver wants it colder that's that's a nice feature they've come out with too yeah yeah so please utilize this because again this is not going to waste any gasoline this is for your creature comfort and it is electrical it is not gasoline driven this is strictly electrical so please Use that maximum AC. And another thing I really want to mention, since we're talking about the uh, blend air door system underneath the ash and the AC, it's extremely important to keep this mold free. Here's a tidbit that I want to tell everybody. And I've talked about this in the past, and I think you've heard about it too, Peter. Right. Is that you need to keep that AC system mold and mildew free. Definitely. You don't need to be breathing that, no. Uh-uh. No, it's like a little Legionnaire's factory if you let it go. It's bad. And sometimes, and we've seen it, where the mold and mildew spores have grown to the point that they actually block the drain that 
lets the water drip underneath the car that you've seen in the parking lots. Remember that cold, clear water, that condensation coming out of the car from the evaporator? Yep. Well, yep. that backs up into the car. And then mm. you have Lake Erie on the oh. passenger side on of the, the car. passenger floor, yes. Because the owner is like, what's going on with my car? My passenger floor is all wet. And usually you can just take, most of the time, you can just take an air nozzle and blow it out. and. But that, that would be for a technician. Right, for a technician to do, not for just anybody to do. No. Exactly, no. Because you got to have it up in the air. you got to watch it because sometimes if you blow it out, a lot of water will come out of there real quick and drench you. <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> I've, I've, seen, I've seen that before. I've been in a car that has only been six months old, and they weren't maintaining the AC system like they were supposed to. Right. And unfortunately, I put my purse, I was a passenger, I put my purse on the floor, and it was soaking up and wet, and my purse came up wet, and I wasn't too pleased about that. So it really doesn't matter if it's a new car or a used car. It's going to happen if the conditions are right. And this is how you can prevent this from happening to your new or used car. First, choose a Lysol scent that you can live with. There's a whole bunch of Lysol scents out there. Uh, choose one of your favorites, and this is what you do. You turn on the car, you turn on the AC system, and you turn it on to normal with the AC going, and have it blow through the vents at uh, medium speed. You want this on medium speed. And then the little black mesh that is right by the windshield. In some cars, you're going to have to pop the hood to gain access to it. That's true, yes. But you're going to count to 30 and spray Lysol while you're counting to 30 in the black mesh. And then you're going to go back over to the control panel and you're going to put it on vent, just normal outside air, you're going to go back over there, and you're going to do the same thing. Spray that Lysol for 30 seconds. Then you're going to go back, and then you're going to go to the heater. You're going to turn the heater on. And you go back over underneath the hood, and you spray the Lysol for another 30 seconds. And then last but not least, you go back in the car, and you put the AC back on normal. Remember that we want medium fan speed all this time. And you're going to spray the Lysol for another 30 seconds. If you're in a hot, humid climate, I recommend doing this every two to three weeks, especially if you're prone to allergies. This really works. I speak on experience. This works, especially if you have allergies. It cuts them down a lot. Wow, that's, that'd be good to know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, places that aren't so prone to this, that have drier climate, you don't have to do it as often. But you still need to do it. Yeah, because even though it's drier climate, there still is a little bit of moisture in there, and eventually it won't grow as fast, mm -hmm. but you'll still get the mold spores in there eventually, and the drain will clog up. So this is just another preventative maintenance to save you a bunch of headaches down the road. That's right. Uh, no. No. No, don't do that. And another thing, too, especially if you have a hybrid car, definitely do not do not let any neighbor say oh yeah i know all about this i can do this no please stop don't do this do not top off the ac the hybrid vehicles the different manufacturers have different type of oil in the freon and if you mix them 
you are going to be replacing everything. And I'm not talking just one component. I'm talking about the compressor, the condenser, the dryer, the hoses, the evaporator core, everything. It's coming out. And you don't even want to know how much that's going to cost. Oh, no. No, I mean, it is. Please, so please. Yeah, so word to the wise, if you got a problem, especially with a hybrid and you think your AC is not working, don't even attempt it. Take it to an ASE certified shop. Have them have the trained personnel look at it. Don't mess with it because it's going to cost you an arm and a leg and half of your family, you know. Oh, yeah, it's, it's horrible. Plus, we don't want you under the hood of a hybrid anyway. Absolutely not, no. Hybrids are nothing to mess with. They're still... Dangerous. Yeah. They're dangerous st- to the layman. Still still in the learning stages of that. They haven't perfected it yet, but still well, nothing to mess with. No, it's not. It's it's bad enough for us. All the safety precautions we have to have and take and the special equipment we have to have. You don't have that hanging around your garage. No, you don't. No. So don't. Please, by all means... It's going to save your life, and it's going to save you a ton of money. Just have a professional top it off, please. It's extremely important. Well, do you think we answered Dave's question? I think so. I can't think of anything else, but basically kind of summarize, you know, the all the AC components are all connected together, either nuts or they're just joined together by a like little snap rings or whatnot. Spring lock couplers, yeah. Yeah, but they're all rubber O-rings, and they're all susceptible to leaking eventually. So that's one issue there. Yeah, it would be normal for the system to be low if it hasn't worked all winter. But see those O-rings that Peter was talking about, the Freon circulating in the AC system, that Freon has uh, an oil, peg oil to it. And that's what keeps those O-rings fresh and they have to rejuvenate after sitting there for so long they kind of shrivel up and that's where the freon leaks out yeah it's usually not a component itself a lot of times it's just the o-ring's got to be replaced and that's or just running the system with freon in it again a lot of times you can rejuvenate them please just because the system isn't working doesn't mean that you have to replace components it could just be a little low on freon there's a pressure switch there and if it's a little low it won't allow the compressor to turn on that's right, because it'll cause damage to the compressor That's if right. it comes on without the freon and the oil in Trying there. Trying to help so, you. Right, so it's a, it's a safety. So it could just need a top-off, top-off for the summer and let it go. Yep. So I hope that helps, Dave and uh, Peter. Thank you. Next week, uh, Peter, we're going to be talking about transmissions. It's Good near deal. and dear to everybody's heart. And one of our sponsors, and speaking of our sponsor, Jasper Engines and Transmissions, they sell transmissions. Very good transmissions at that. Yes, they do. Um, and we put them in our customers' cars. In fact, we had a customer, oh, about a month and a half ago. Not only did we put a Jasper transmission in their vehicle, we put a Jasper engine. They actually found it was cheaper to replace the engine and transmission. It was a work truck than it was to purchase and outfit a new truck. That's true. I think you remember telling me about that truck. telling you about yeah. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw it the other day. We did an oil change on it. Just running like new. Yeah. Wonderful. I think you put a Jasper engine in your shop truck too, didn't you? Yes, I did. That thing's yes. still running good and strong. About 50,000 miles ago. Yep, mm-hmm. still running strong. So please, ask for Jasper by name. And we speak upon experience, just like we're talking about Continental Tires. We have yep. them on our vehicles, my mom's vehicle, and trust me, and everybody knows out there, you got a mom, 
she's not happy. And, you know, everybody jokes <laughs> about that. But, you know, it's a quality product. And why not? Yeah. Why not put a quality product on your rims? That's right. Tires? Good, good customer feedback from what you're telling me. And they're, yes. they're very they're good. Yeah, it's a fabulous product from what you're telling me. So. Mm-hmm. And, you know, AC Delco parts, that's another thing. You know, I have a domestic vehicle for a truck, and it's not a General Motors product, but I just put AC Delco plugs in it, cap, rotor, and wires. That's right, and the truck runs very well. Yes, it does. And it's not a GM vehicle, but I put AC Delco in it because I knew that that's a quality part, and I wouldn't have a problem with it. One and done, as they say. One and done. That's right. So please... Please, please remember our sponsors, Jasper Engines and Transmissions, Continental Tires, and AC Delco Parts. And thanks to them for allowing us another half hour to make you guys a savvy car care consumer. Until next week, take care. Thanks for joining us today. Please make sure to come back next week for another edition of Car Care for the Clueless. And don't forget to look for Pam's book, Car Care for the Clueless, or How to Make Money While Maintaining a Vehicle. You'll find it on our website. Just click on the icon Host Website right in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. See you next week.